You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. One, one versus three. Turning pucks over. Not shooting a lot. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you could ask him too. I bet he says the exact same thing. And we had a little chat with him before the game tonight. Uh, you know, uh, I think he, I know he recognizes it. Uh, he's trying to do too much. Right, I mean, he's got a lot going on and everything, and trying to do too much. He's getting special attention, and uh, you know, when you try to do too much and try to do something extra, trying to beat somebody, it doesn't it doesn't go well because they're not only one guy's concentrating on you, that all five guys on the ice are watching for him, and uh, so if you try to beat people one on one, it usually uh, turns over, or try to make a softer play, it turns over. So um, he'll be. Yeah, as we know, he's a, he's a gritty guy. He'll figure it out. And welcome in to Judd's Hockey Show. Just got home from the exit. Zolgad is Declan Goff, as always. The Wild losing 5-2 to two tonight in an absolutely uh, brutal throwback performance. And I don't mean that in a good way to the Nashville Predators in downtown St. Paul. Uh, but Declan, let's get right to it. Th- that was Dean Everson's postgame comments tonight about Kirill Kaprizov, the Wild's $9 million man. For what, 45 over five, nine times five. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov now in five games, five assists, no goals. Uh, and I'm going to drill down to one thing here. One, he's not playing well. He's not playing well. But but here's my biggest problem. Kirill Kaprizov last night against the Ducks. The Ducks, they're a better team than they used to be, but they're still not great. Uh, the Wild won that game. And so what that masked was the fact that that game went three plus periods. Kirill Kaprizov had three shots on goal. They were all in the second period. So he did not get a shot on goal. He did not um, get a shot on goal in the first, third period, or OT. This is Kirill Kaprizov. Tons of ice time. Tonight, first period, in what was a lethargic, brutal performance by the entire team, and Kaprizov had arguably, in my opinion, the worst game I've seen him have in person. Mm. No shots in the first period. No shots in the second period. Uh, Everson finally juggled the lines and put Hartman back in between Zuccarello and Kaprizov, and he had three shots in the third period. So let me get this straight. Six-plus periods of hockey played over the past two days. Kirill Kaprizov has six shots, but they've all been confined to two separate periods. Um, I know he's pressing. I know he's got a big contract. I know that uh, he certainly is feeling the pressure. But all of that being said, and tonight was a big step back for me personally, Kirill Kaprizov, number one, just has to shoot. And Dean said in that clip that they talked to him before the game. But you, the line that they have of Eric Sinek and Zuccarello and Kaprizov has three guys who have various assignments in life when it comes to their hockey skills. And Kirill's is to shoot the puck, not to try to make plays. And I was very disappointed by tonight. I t- 
tonight's performance by the entire team, but Krill in particular to me, we're five games in now, small sample size. I get all of that. Nonetheless, when when the head coach starts to talk about it and they are talking to him, it's become an issue. And, okay, I'll throw it to you with this. Shooting the puck should come second nature to Kaprizov, okay? So this is not like a big ask of, oh, my God, you're pressing in. Can you just please shoot? Shooting the puck on that line should be bang. Of course I'm going to shoot. So of all of the things over the last two days, and in five games now, the Wild has yet to take a lead, but all of the things in the last two days that I've got in my notes from being at the X, the Kaprizov one is one A, B, and C, because it's got to change very quickly for this team to maximize what this team is going to be about. Yeah, Judd, I was able to, uh, you know, I know they were off since Tuesday. They played back-to-back games uh, these last two nights against the Ducks and Preds. Um, Outside of the opening shift, and you know what, he actually played all right in that Jets game, and he he did get banged up in OT, and I also wonder if, if something's maybe lingering from a nasty hit into the boards towards overtime. That, mm-hmm. that, has, that has maybe factored into these first two games. Mm-hmm. But you need your star players to be star players. And Kirill Kaprizov's a phenomenal playmaker. No one denies that. Um, you know, w- this was a similar start to what happened last year with him. Is when he came in, he was more being a facilitator. He was more being a playmaker. And he wasn't shooting the puck enough. And it, I believe we pat ourselves on the back. It was you and I that said, hey, why don't you start shooting the puck a little bit more? Why, mm-hmm. what, what would be the worst-case scenario with a guy like Kirill Kaprizov to shoot the puck a little bit more? And I, I, I went back to last season, and I looked at his first 11 games because I remember him not shooting a very— he barely shot the puck at all through the first dozen games or so, right? Mm-hmm. And in the first 11 games for the Wild last year, he had two goals in 10 games and shot 15 times in just 10 games. So barely shot, barely ever shot the puck. Um, for a guy that good and for a guy that noticeable, he has to shoot the puck more. Then something clicked. And from games 11 through 55, not including the playoffs, I don't have the playoff numbers included, but over the next 45 games, he had 25 goals and 142 shots on goal in that game. So not to say Eureka, you shot the puck more, you scored more. That's kind of how hockey works. Um, but you need more from him. And it's okay to ask, by the way, for your superstar players in this town to be superstars. Um, And even with someone who has a smaller sample size like him, you need him to shoot the puck because him being a facilitator on a line, by the way, with Matt Zuccarello, Matt Zuccarello is the facilitator. Right. So I I don't need two point guards necessarily on on the same line. Right. You you, You have your facilitator in Matt Zuccarello. Kirill Kaprizov. Has to has to fire it more, and I've even seen some comments, by the way, on our YouTube channel. Thanks for everyone for uh, for watching us right now. Daily Minnesota Wild and Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Hit the subscribe button if you uh, want more. Um, that well, we he needs Eck to shoot more. Last year he needed Rask to shoot a little bit more. Okay, but we 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 can't then put the blame on guys like Victor Rask or even Joel Eriksson Eck, who I who is a very good player, to ask him to shoot the puck more. No, if right. if Kirill sees something, and even the, here's the thing about star players: star players can make stuff happen in smaller situations. We saw this last year. I believe you touched on the fact of his windows to make plays. Most guys don't have the ability to make the plays in the small amount of space in the windows that he's able to do. Fiala kind of has that to a degree, 
but not obviously at Kirill's level. Mm-hmm. So it's totally okay to ask Kirill Kaprizov to shoot the puck just a little bit more. Yeah. Um, because you needed him, and you've noticed him through the first these last two games at least, and it's overreaction season. We're five games in, so there's going to be overreactions thrown thrown left and right. But you need you needed more from Kirill Kaprizov over these over these last five games. So shots on goal through five games. I've got the the wild updated stats in front of me here. Okay. Okay. On that line alone, Eric Sinek has 14 shots. That's okay. one more through through five games than Kirill has. He's got 13. Zuccarello, who, to your point, doesn't really want to shoot, and we'll touch on that, has 12 shots. That's far too close. Like Matt Zuccarello being one shot behind Kirill means that line is not doing what that line is supposed to do because Kaprizov is the guy who needs to – he's the sniper. So Eck, Eck gets shots on goal by cleaning up, which is awesome. That's great. That's how he scores goals, too. But as far as the snipe, the assignment of sniper on that line, it's Kaprizov. Just to, to go through um, the rest of the roster now and guys who have more shots. Dumba, 21 shots. He's been awesome. Fiala, 18. Ryan Hartman, 17. Ryan Hartman has four more shots than Kaprizov. And I'm not done yet. Brandon Duhame, 16 shots. He has three more. Um, and And... Nick Bukestead, who scored a nice goal tonight because the fourth line was basically the only wild line worth a damn in tonight's game, has 12 shots. And so, yeah, this is, but look, it's the price of poker, though. You are the $9 million man. Um, you are not supposed to be, and and by the way, you're not a kid. You're 24. That's what impressed us. But you are, you need to step in and you need to know your role. And look, if you can, if you have a chance to set up a great play, that's fine. But at the end of the year, like the amount of your goals that show up on, on the highlight shows ESPN, because all that was a beautiful goal. Fans don't give a damn. They want the, they want goals. And for Kirill in the last two days, seven plus or six plus periods of hockey, have six shots confined to 40 minutes of play because again all three against the ducks came in the second period all three tonight came in the third and by the way by the third the game was basically done mm-hmm. um so here's my thought though. Okay. so i i've got a fix here okay. so dean dean in the third tonight juggled it and went back to hartman between kaprizov and zuccarello and then he took Eck and of course put him back with i know you're gonna be shocked by this Declan. You put him back with Greenway and Foligno. Um, but here's the here's the deal for Kirill. If Kirill is this intent on passing the puck, and like he and and again he's go- going through what, what you quoted chapter and verse, which is intriguing about the beginning of last year. I take him away from his pal Zuccarello. I take him away from his pal because they're serving the exact same purpose, and I put him with Kevin Fiala because and we've talked about this before the hesitance of this team to pair those two outside of power plays or or if as as uh took place for quite an extended period tonight the goaltender is pulled and then they'll put 22 97 on the ice together but the hesitancy of this team to do it five on five at times is ridiculous and here's the thing if kaprizov wants to make plays like if he's just stubborn and he's going through these periods where he's got to get it through his head, I need to pass or I need to shoot the puck myself. Put him with Kevin because you know what Kevin's going to do? He's, exactly. 
Exactly. So let's not worry about the set. I think we're getting too, and Dean too, I think we're getting too hung up on the center. Maybe Hartman can get something going there, or maybe, you know, X not the guy right now. Forget about that. Put him with 22. Put him with, because Kevin, and Kevin's not off to a great start either. But that being said, Kevin tonight shot the puck. Um, In fact, let's see here if I can find it real quick. Uh, He had six shots, six shots tonight. That's what he'll do. So if Kirill is going to be, I don't know, if Kirill's going to be stubborn about this, um, keep Eck there. I don't care. Put Hartman there, but yeah. put those two together because until Kirill gets through this phase, he, he's like a teenage kid. Until he gets through this phase of, ah, oh, I got to set up guys because I'm paid a lot now and I want to make pretty plays. I don't know what. Fiala is the antidote just in the sense, Dex, that he at least, if get if he gets the puck, he's not. Uh, Zuccarello tonight at one point, I'm not joking. I think it was five, five on five. I'm not kidding you. Came into the predator zone. He's basically in the slot. And the one thing that's incredibly difficult that I will acknowledge in today's game is to get a pure shooting lane. Like they do yeah. such a good job, right? Yeah. And teams gum up and and. The Predators actually play sort of a trap lock thing, so they try and they try and make make it a little bit more boring than hockey fans would like. Uh, Zuccarello in the slot with a chance to get off a shot, and what I what looked for the press box to be a clear shooting lane passed it to Kaprizov. He passed up a perfectly good shot. So if these two are go, are going to basically play patty cake with a hockey puck, I'm breaking them up for now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm all for putting Kevin Fiala and Kirill Kaprizov together. I, I was on this train last season, um, and it, it's a really interesting situation, really, when you think about the fact that Matt Zuccarello doesn't shoot, which is fine. Like It's, it's fine that Matt Zuc- that, that's that's not where this pie chart, if you will, of blame that we're putting on Kirill Kaprizov, it, and it's not on those other guys to shoot the puck more. Kirill is dynamic, and it has to shoot the puck more. But because he draws a lot of attention and because there's a lot of players that are going to gravitate towards him more, well, just naturally uh, doesn't take any hockey whisperer to figure out that someone's going to be open and someone's going to have space. And there, there are, as Bulldog13TV points out here, need to realize the Wild score more goals on tic-tac, Kirill shot, skip the tic-tac-toe. I, I agree, skip the tic-tac-toe. Yeah, it can be fun, and obviously that overtime winner against the Jets was sweet. But if you have Kevin Fiala, he's, he's going to rip it at will, basically. Which is which is exactly what Kirill Kaprizov need and what's this what's this team needs going forward. Um, I I think what you know Fiala's volatile, so he's going to have up and down nights. He's going to have nights that frustrate fans and frustrate coaches. Um, and I can understand maybe the hesitancy of putting two of your biggest true playmakers on the same line in Kaprizov and Fiala. But at this point, why not try it? Um, and and to your point, if Matt Zuccarello isn't going to shoot the puck and Joel Erickson Eck is just maybe not as gifted quite yet to be that guy either. Well, then it just makes perfect sense to break Kirill and, and, and Zuccarello up. Mm-hmm. And, and, and by the way, line combinations are great. We love talking about line combinations. You and I can talk about this all night long to the cows come home. But I, I think the idea of putting Fiala with Kaprizov just makes a ton of, ton of sense. It, it, I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. By the way, Steven, uh, Barbie on our, our, our score on our YouTube comment said, Asked or uh, tells us, thanks, Score North, for the free tickets to the evening. The Wow game. Wish the outcome was different. Yes, we gave away some wild tickets. We also have some fun. Other wild things we'll be giving away 
by the way, in, in future episodes of Mackie and Judd and on Judd's Hockey Show, just a little tease, you're going to want to really? you're gonna want tickets to this. Oh, I didn't know about that. But the, I, 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 I don't know if I'm authorized to say what oh, it I is. I don't know. I, I don't even know. But I do think you can probably deduct what big event you would get be able to get tickets for. Let's just let's just say that. So stay tuned to our Score North app. Subscribe to the next YouTube Preds channel. Game? Yeah, maybe the next Preds game. Maybe the next time, uh, you know. The Blackhawks, who look like Brandlin. a GD disaster, and I look like egg on my oh, face. Oh, he's going to get my fired. God, man. Jeremy um, Carlton's going to be yeah. – he, he might be fired tomorrow Him and Nagy. Him and Nagy. Yeah, I, I said the, the, <laughs> the joint <laughs> Chicago press conference yeah. tomorrow to fire the football coach got, and the hockey coach. I got out of Chicago this weekend prematurely, and uh, we'll save that also conversation for tomorrow. But I'm I think curious what a the, lot of people. I'm curious what the angst yeah. is, too, there. Yeah. I'm yeah, sure you we'll, can we'll, tell we'll us discuss, about that tomorrow. But, but yes, hit the subscribe button for all Minnesota Wild and Minnesota sports content right here on our YouTube channel. Yeah, so I, I just the thing with the thing that also frustrates me. So I, I actually watched pregame warmups intently t- tonight just to try to glean a couple things, Dex. Mm-hmm. And here's what and here's what gets me about Kaprizov not shooting more. This this makes it worse to me. So to their credit, uh, Felino Hartman. Kaprizov and Zuccarello stay on the ice until after after like the time is run out and the horn has sounded. And so they're the last four guys. And I think that's their ordinary thing. But Zuccarello gets in the circle for like the last minute and a half or two of the warm-up. Uh, he's in the circle to what would be the left of the goaltender. And what he does is Kaprizov stands in the circle. So he's at the top there. And then teammates come down the slot. And it looks like Zuccarello, the whole time, rotates between feeding the puck to a teammate and he's working on his passing. Well, like it's not just a it's not just a time killer thing. He's actually passing the puck and trying to make passes that are crisp. So he, he's preparing himself for it, the, the game. He alternates that between passing to his teammates who come down the slot and shoot and Kaprizov. And Kaprizov then gets the puck and, and attempts what looked to be one-time wristers, which is great as well. So, like, they're working on this pregame, okay? So, like, you know exactly, like, that's Zuccarello marking his territory of, I'm the guy that passes the puck. Uh, and like it or not, he's a veteran. That's what he's going to do, and that's what he's, you know, pretty damn good at. Um, so, I watched that, and I'm like, okay. Everybody gets their role here. Like everybody, right? Like Kaprizov is shooting the puck because he knows that's his role on this line. And so if you're if you're going to have these guys continually like try and outdo each other with passing plays, you got to, at least for now, you can change this completely. Uh, but at least for now, what I do is I say, I'm going to put Fiala and Kaprizov on the same line because I know that Kevin is not going to become tempted to become Gretzky and be like, I've got a razzle dazzle pass to. So I it's just that Kaprizov, it sounds like too uh from the stats last year. Now I know he got the OT goal, I think, in, in the first game against the Kings. So, so that probably changed our tune a little bit. But um Kaprizov needs a jump start. And I think Fiala, like if you go Ek Fiala uh Kaprizov, mm-hmm. that gives you a jump start, and then there will be nobody confused because if Kaprizov passes to the cows come home to quote you, Fiala's going to be like, this is awesome. Yeah. I'll shoot the puck. 
and I think you know Frederick Goudreau has played admirably. Like he's he's maybe yeah. a little bit better than I thought he was, but I, I think it just makes sense to. And by the way, the Wild are four and one. This is this is good. You know, the the Wild have off to a good start. This isn't a doom and gloom episode by any means, but I I, I think it's important to get your superstar player right. going. And that's and the most get, important thing. And to get yes. him going is yeah, I think getting Kevin Fiala. And you've got to get him going, and, and whatever line he's on has to get going. And where the Wild is five games in, Declan playing with fire is this, and I, I wrote this down, but it's this whole thing of you play the Ducks, you're down one rip, right? You play the Kings, second game, you're down one rip. You play the Jets, you're down what one rip, and then at one point trailed by two, and darn near th- thought that the game was lost on an empty net goal, but by the Jets, you come back and win 6-5 in OT, and then again tonight, you, you go, or I'm, I'm sorry, against the Ducks again last night, you go down one zero, and so that's the thing that has to change. Like it's fun to come back, and those wins have have been fun, and I admire the resilience that we had seen up until tonight. Uh, but if you're going to be a good team, you can't be doing that. And the second thing too is, so the Blues, who are who I dismissed as possibly not being that that good against small sample size. To your point, four and zero goal differential, Declan. The Blues plus eleven. The Wild four and one now, so they're tied atop the Central with eight points. With the Blues plus one, like if you're going to be a good team, that can't be plus one. No. Um, let's get to Jason's comment because you've got some insight on this as well. Because if there was a number two on my list, this would be it, uh, based on what I have not seen from this guy. Yeah, you know, Jordan Greenway, I felt like had a. A decent year last year. You know, he leads the team in assists. He has good chemistry on the line with Joel Erickson, Eck, and Marcus Foligno. Um, does he want to be this next-level player, or does he want to be Charlie Coyle? Basically, which version does he want to be in? And it might be unfair for us to loop in Jordan Greenway and Charlie Coyle in the same sentence, but they're built the same. They have the same pedigrees. They came up through the system. They were supposed to be maybe not superstar players for your team, but, but core pillar players that you should be able to build around and be effective players. Um, and to be honest, through five games, I, I think Jordan Greenway is getting scratched. I would say he's the most disappointing player the Minnesota Wild have deployed through five games. Um, there isn't really anything about his game that has been sexy so far. Um, he's been starting in the offensive zone a ton. Now tonight was the first time he actually started in, in the back end more than he did in the offensive zone. Mm-hmm. But for a guy who is on a line, by the way, with Marcus Foligno, who, with, again, egg on my face, has looked great, not not just being the characteristics of Foligno. But and works his ball. ass off, absolutely. And Ryan Hartman, I also, yes. I think, has been very solid. Yep. So I do think, if you look at some of the numbers um, with his line mates, you might say, oh, he's fine, but I actually think he's been completely a, a, a detriment to the line. I, I, I don't think he's done anything that has said, oh, have you seen that play from Greenway? Um, and just in general, his analytics haven't been very friendly. His Corsi is being down, which means he's being outpossessed by other teams. Other teams are at least are out shooting him, mm-hmm. out shooting the Wild when he's on the ice. Um, and to credit Jay Fresh Hockey, which does a great job, by the way, on analytics, um, his finishing rate, so like finishing at the net, is mm-hmm. one of the lowest in the NHL. He doesn't finish at the net at all. He's way too big of a body to not be putting himself in front of the net. Um, he's, he's been a forgettable player. Oh yeah. And, and if, and if you, yep. I know we just spent 20 minutes, I mean, not ripping Kirill Kaprizov. We weren't ripping. It was more of asking more of him. 
If mm-hmm. you were to ask me who's been the most disappointing hockey player on the Minnesota Wild through five games, it's Jordan Greenway. Oh, great. Um, it, it, he has done nothing that's been inspiring. And to be honest, like I said, I, I think a scratch is coming. I know I put that on, I write that down on Mackie and Judd. I think a scratch is coming for this guy. A healthy scratch, by the way. So, yeah, they're, they're back in action on, what, Tuesday night in Vancouver, and then I believe that they go to Seattle a couple nights after that to play at the Kraken. Um, all right. So I think you're I think you're right, and let me let me recklessly speculate about why I think you're right. So after last night's game, which you know again the Wild got down, they rallied, they came back, one four three on the Ryan Hartman goal in overtime that beat Gibson. Uh, Dean Evison was asked about the potential of getting um, Pitlick into the lineup mm-hmm. because Rem has been a healthy scratch since he got here. Dean Evison said, yeah, we're talking about that. It's a point of discussion, meaning it's a point of debate. Um, For tomorrow night, tonight's game, he was scratched, scratched, Rem was, Pitlick was, again. Here's why I think you're right. That fourth line has been outstanding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, there's nobody on, after the Ducks game last night as well, there was nobody on that line that you're going to scratch. No. So, like, it's not like, yeah, you know, I think Duhame's going to be scratched, or I think Bukestad is. I think they're. T- I think the reason it turned into a debate and they didn't do it is I think it's Greenway. I think it's Greenway. I think that they're, ta- they're talking about that. Um, so, if, uh, if Kaprizov is, is stressing and, and pressing himself, uh, Greenway hasn't shown up. That's my problem. He hasn't shown up. Uh, last two nights, one shot on goal. Yeah. One shot on goal. Uh, you're right. He's not going to the net. Like everything, everything that his body says he should do, he's not. And it's almost like he's happy right now to watch Felino do all of the work. Well, that makes no sense. Marcus has played great. He has a far better hockey player than I certainly thought at one time. All of that being said, Jordan Greenway has skills and Jordan Greenway can contribute. And when you're on that line, and this is the thing I don't get Declan, when you're on a line with Hartman and Felino, who might have their faults, but one is they're not working hard. They're always working hard. Like you never say that those guys aren't working hard, right? That's not a fault. I don't understand how the third guy on that line takes a powder. And Charlie Coyle and that entire team, right? So Charlie Coyle was on lots of lines that took nights off. So, like, you'd be disappointed in Coyle, but it wasn't like he was playing with Felino and Hartman. And so this one, to me, is more perplexing because Jordan Greenway is literally on a line with two of probably the hardest-working forwards on this team, and he's doing almost nothing. He's doing nothing. So I'm with you. I I think I think he has played himself into a scratch. Yeah, I, I he hasn't done anything that's been really that encouraging. Um, and this was before this game was logged, but he's only playing 12 minutes a night. And Hartman and Felino um are big time penalty killers, and they just contribute more. And through those four games, um, and this again small sample size, but through four games before this game against the Preds, he was starting in the offensive zone 62 percent of the time. So, you know, more than half of the time, significantly more, to be honest, 
he is starting in the offensive zone, and he's not shooting the puck. He's not parking himself in front of the net. And I know some of those situations where you park yourself in front of the net, and you might not get a tip, and you might not get a point on the goal, but you can notice it. You can go back Felino. and you can notice it. Felino does it. Bingo. He, but he digs, too. Yes. And, and, and Greenway has done nothing. And, you know, to Nick Tierhar's point here on our YouTube page, start scratching Greenway and you show your hand, you lower his trade value. Um, look, I, I don't think yet Jordan Greenway is only worth a bag of pucks right now. He's a second-round pick, and Bill Garrett isn't going to be probably in a pressing need to trade him by any means. Right. But he also, I don't think, and, and this is clear, he doesn't have time for BS and figuring out who, who is someone to build around and who is not someone to build around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's not that Jordan Greenway, if he gets scratched, it really lowers his trade value. And then if he goes to another team and maybe he goes to like a situation where he plays great in a bad team like Ottawa and we go, oh, man, what could have been? I, I think Bill Guerin knows what he's going to get out of this player. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, Judd, but di- didn't going into last season, wasn't there like – a motivational speaking time with Jordan Greenway. I, I, After the I, bubble. Having, yeah. After the said, bubble, what? they called him him in and said, you either have to start to work or you're gone. Yeah. And he, and he came back and worked. And last season, yeah, he was fine. He was good. He took a he took a step forward last year. He did. He did yeah. take a step forward. I'll, he doesn't I'll have give him credit to, that. And he doesn't have to be a – it's not like he's go, going to turn himself in, into a star. We don't expect that. But I think what everybody expects is with that body to work hard. Like right. that whole, you can't have, it's not fair to have two thirds of that line working their asses off and grinding, right? And yep. Jordan, like, oh, I'll sort of, blah. I mean, for lack of a better term, what I saw tonight was lollygagging. Yes. He was lollygagging. Yeah. You get the puck, he'd lollygag with it. It's like, what are you doing, dude? You're not a dangler. Why are you dangling? <laughs> Go to the net. Yeah. And, and, and yes, Marcus and Jordan have redundant skills to a certain point degree and i could see a case for for putting them on different lines as well uh but that being said marcus's work ethic makes it even more apparent what uh, jordan is not doing and i'm guessing right now i'm guessing right now you people out there in in uh a judd's hockey show villa are saying oh come on zolgad and goff they'd scratch victor rask i don't think that they would because victor rask is victor rask Scratching yeah. him, scratching him yeah. would be done because you decide to eliminate him from the lineup. Correct. Gr- Greenway, pure wake up call. Yep. Pure wake up call, and unfortunately, Declan. And this is does not make him a uh, unique athlete. Unfortunately, some guys have to have this. Yep. Like every so often, it's like a damn alarm clock. Mm-hmm. I and I believe this happened. Um, yeah, this happened two years ago. This happened with Fiala. This happened exactly with Fiala. When he got yeah. here with the Predators after the trade, through the end of that season, he was forgettable. He comes back here. Um, I believe even he has an RFA issue, so he takes a while off his contract, doesn't get a full training camp, is just not the player he is for the first half dozen games. He gets scratched. And then all of a sudden, about it, and again, wasn't just overnight, but he starts to get his game back, and he starts to get on a roll, and now he's basically been the, that exact same player that Kevin Fiala is supposed to be that the Predators thought he was when he was a first-round pick and that the Wild thought when Paul Fenton traded for him to be a game-breaker. Uh, it, it's, not, it's not to say that Jordan Greenway's eulogy and career has already been written, because it hasn't. It hasn't. But it is up to him to wake up and, and rewrite it and, and basically yeah. etch his own name into this of, of what he wants to be. And I'm, I'm curious if he can do that, because I do think he's going to be a healthy scratch in the press box possibly even as soon as, as this week. Vancouver maybe on Tuesday night? I can see it. 
I could see something. Yeah. I, I think they're so I think that they are just in fairness going to want to play Pitlick at some point soon. And it's between Rask and Greenway. I'm scratching Jordan just to send just to send forth a message of, hey yeah. dude, we expect more from you. All right, last thing uh before we wrap up this one, mm-hmm. the goaltending. Yeah. So Cam Talbot started the first four games. And I will say this in the two games here, I wasn't floored. I wasn't really impressed. He was okay. He was, was okay. okay at best. Um, and in fact, I asked Dean after the game last night about Cam because he tends to give up sort of bad goals. They're not, I don't think they're doomnik bad. Like they're not totally fluky pieces of crap, but they're not good goals. And I said, you know, Cam's play like, but, but as the game progresses and, you know, we saw him, he was great in OT against the Jets last night improved. I said, you know, he tends to sort of progress and, Dean said the thing with him is nothing affects him. Nothing impacts him. So like he can give up a bad goal or two bad goals. And he's like, okay, you know, I'm just on to the next one, which goaltenders always say, but it's BS. There's, you know, Devin Dubnik was affected by every fluky goal. I thought, Mm -hmm. Uh, but Cam Talbot is in my opinion, going to need to be more consistent and find a rhythm that he has yet to find. And tonight, Capo did nothing to help this team. And Capo, um, in fact, hold on a second here. What yes. were the j- just just well, to give give you the uh, stats? He allowed he allowed five goals on it was twenty nine shots. But at one point, I want to say it was, it was like twenty two or twenty two. I remember watching that at one point. I'm looking at the stats here, and it's twenty two. So which is horrible. But at one point, I think it was like five on seventeen or eighteen. It was terrible. I I did his. Between the second and third period, I did the math on his save percentage, and it was yeah. seven twenty-seven. Yeah. Um, I realized it was his first start. I realized that you've got to give him some time. But this team, the one thing they can't afford is they can't afford their goalies to submarine them. And the slow starts are a problem. But occasionally, you're going to start slow. And your goaltender has to make a great bleeping save. And the Wild has not gotten that at the start of the game so far. I would actually say, um, judging by Capo's performance tonight, I, I am more concerned at the longevity of the Wild's goaltending position than I necessarily am at Cam Talbot. So the depth. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I think Capo, and I know it's one game, but he was terrible tonight. It, it was it was just clear he was he was awful tonight. They all stunk, but he's got a he yep. can't be that bad. And Cam and Cam through six games, um, or through I should say what uh, uh, four games through the first four games of the season, right? Because uh, this is the fifth and Capo got yep, the start of the season. Yes, sir. Um, outside of the Jets game, which he did not play well, but he did make some clutch saves in overtime and should have been honestly credited with with the game winning assist on a game winning goal because his his shot breakout shot leads the way down the other way. But just looking at Talbot's numbers through four games, through even strength save percentage, let's let's break this down here. His save percentage on even strength situations, 923. Mm-hmm. So pretty good, pretty good. On the power play, an 800 save percentage. So he's allowed five goals on 25 shots. That's horrible. That's mm-hmm. not good. Now, statistically, you are more likely, obviously, to let in a power play goal than you are on even strength. So he hasn't been very, very good on the power play. But sure. I, I, I think the one that I... If, if you can balance it out, and, and this one is the one that goes over the top, um, high danger save percentage. So high danger save percentage, by the way, through natural stat trick, is a situation where the puck is very, very close to the goaltender, and it's, a, it's in its name, 
it's a high danger situation, meaning the offensive player is probably gonna have a good chance to to, to save the puck. Sure. Through 100 minutes played, through 33 goalies that have been registered that have logged 100 minutes so far this season, in high danger save percentage situations, Cam Talbot is 16th. So he has an 875 save percentage. So basically, he has been league average in high danger situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think all these metrics, him being solid five on five, him being not very good against the power play and him being league average against high danger situations that in a and small sample size, but this is, this is Cam Talbot. Like I know, I know that this is Cam Talbot and it doesn't really concern me too much. It, it's not, you know, he's not Mark Andre Vezilevsky, you know, there's only two or three goaltenders who are at an elite level, but Cam Talbot is Cam Talbot. And this is the goaltender you're going to get. But if Kapo Kakinen is unplayable, which tonight showed he was unplayable, and I know he's going to get another crack, you would assume you'd like to see him get the second game in Seattle probably. I think that'd be probably the most ideal situation for him gotta, to play on this three games of road trip. You're not playing against Colorado, um, and you're probably not going to play him in the first game out the road road trip. So right. he probably draws in against Seattle, and that honestly would be a perfect situation for him to get a start. But if you don't get anything out of Capo and a Capo is submarining and you're forcing to play Cam Talbot, you're going to have no choice but to acquire a goaltender. You're going to have no choice. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, and we've seen this sometimes save the wild season, obviously, with Dubnik and even Brizgalov to a degree. You can find a backup goalie for you know a mid-round pick. You don't have to mortgage a farm to get that. Right. But I, I think if Capo Kakinen doesn't inspire you soon, like that's going to be the number one checklist item because I, I know what I'm getting in Talbot, but you can't start him 70 times this season. Then his numbers, oh, hell will, no. decrease. Then his numbers will decrease. No, no, no. And, and, and post-Olympic break, you're going to be playing all the time. Like that schedule gets crazy. So you, you have to have – you basically, at that point, Declan, have to go 1A, 1B. Like you can't just keep saying Cam Talbot, Cam Talbot. And, and I think Dean – so. I wondered if Dean last night and talking about how Talbot rebounds after a bad goal or two was also trying to send a message to Capo because, and I don't have statistical proof, but it feels like when things snowball and Capo's in goal, they just go really bad. Like if he's having a good game yeah. and we saw that stretch last year, he was marvelous for a stretch. He was good. I, I think that we both at that point said he is your top goaltender, mm-hmm. but I remember that game in St. Louis where it went sideways and I think he gave up nine goals. And I just remember it was like, dude, you're completely collapsing. Like this is a problem. And tonight felt the same. It just, he got off to a bad start. And then where where Talbot possibly can be like, okay, I'm off to a bad start and I've allowed two or three sort of iffy goals, but I'm going to bounce back. It feels like Capo just gets mind bleeped. And so I wonder if, because in this league, and especially now Declan, scoring I think is way up. Like we're seeing six, five games, seven, six games, which from a fan's perspective is outstanding. But if that's going to be the the story of the league for uh, 2021-22, Capo is going to have to accept there are nights he's not going to be great. And just because you're not great does not mean that you say, it's, everything is lost. I'm going to allow nine tonight. And, and goaltending and maybe probably quarterbacks are the only two positions you cannot have a mentally weak person that gets frazzled that easily. Could right? Like, like if, like if Jordan, we, like, we want Jordan... We want Jordan Greenway to take a next step, you know, offensively and with his right. mindset. But when he doesn't have a when he has a bad game, it doesn't shipwreck you, right? right. Like he, he doesn't ship when you have a goaltender who is mentally fragile, 
and is shipwrecking situations, yes. th- that has way more well, impact on the outcome. And if you're not playing well, so it, if the guys, I should say, in front of you are not playing well, and because tonight the team didn't play well, and Koppel makes two or three huge saves, confidence goes up. And now you're like, hey, we're not playing well, but let's let's start to let's start to turn this thing around potentially and get a win that, that we probably don't deserve. And with Capo, he let that first goal in, and you could and you could see the snowball. Like that's the problem. You can see the snowball there, and then it's like, okay, then there's another goal, and there. And it's not that they're all terrible goals, but this is a league where you're paid to make some huge saves that you're not supposed to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, hell, you know what? Talbot in OT against the Jets. He had no business making that save. It was a great save, but he did. And then, you know, his team goes down and scores. I got another problem, problematic stat uh, off of this for you as well. The wild. So the old cliche is your goaltender is your best penalty killer. The wild right now through five games, 28th in the national hockey league in penalty kills. 69.6 69.6 percentage. That ain't going to do it. That ain't working. Got to win more face-offs. Team. Goaltenders have to play. And and I know, to, to your point about Cam, you're right. I know it's tougher, but that's, again, where if you're going to be a really good team, your goaltender has to save you mm-hmm. at times. Pen- yeah. The penalty kill, it's, it's a tough assignment. I get that. But if we're talking about a team that can make, make a deep playoff run, you can't be like, well, Cam Talbot and Capo Cockenden are outstanding, except when the Wilds killing a penalty. Right, goaltending can bail you out, and you're going to need games. You're gonna, there's going to be games where you get heavily outshot, outpossessed, outchanced, and even to Spartus's point and other points here, the referees might even be working against you. But good goaltending can overcome that. And and I know, look, we can. You could pick every play out and find some situation where refereeing plays an issue. I just I refuse to let that be a crutch and why you lost the game. That was a, something that was talked about a lot in the Vegas Golden Knights series this last mm-hmm. year. The refs, it was it was the Wild playing the refs and the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, that's not why you lost the series. And honestly, that's a lame way to look at it. And, you know, on this show, we want cups specifically. On Mackie and Judd, we want titles. And honestly, our mission mm-hmm. statement on Purple Daily is we want to see a bleeping Super Bowl before the Lombardi trophy die. would be nice, Judd, wouldn't you know, it? Judd, didn't, you just had a birthday. Is your birthday coming up? No, it's coming up next coming month. Up I'll be. Next month. Okay. 52 years 52. old. I'd like to see a freaking Lombardi trophy. I'm, I'm, I'm still young, but I'm I'm knocking the door on 30, and I haven't even seen one professional yeah. men's team in this Bad genes, too, for you. So. And, and, yeah, I'm, my just family history and genes yeah. are suggesting a short I got the good years. history, but I'm just getting you. older. Good for you. Good for you. But uh, but out, outside of that, man, I think in general it's been a, a great start to the Wild. They're 4-1. and one. Um, Yeah, some things are a little – a little yeah. spooky, and Kirill Kaprizov hasn't been off to the player off to the start that you want from your superstar player. Your goaltending is a little iffy. Um, you've had to come back from behind in every situation this year. Uh, but I'd rather have that happen than you blowing leads or you not looking like more of a complete team. Um, and 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 by the way, these points early on incredibly crucial. Every, oh, in this division, every point absolutely because the Abs aren't playing well right now, and I can guarantee you that's going to change. No, you've got you can get incredibly uh, key points here, and plus this this homestand's huge. They're not home again until November second. Look at the schedule before the Olympic break. Mm-hmm. 
the wild is not really home that much until after that. And that's right. when they're going to play rapid fire games. So yes, these points are, are huge. Um, just before we go, I want to address yeah. the officials point though. Mm-hmm. So as, and I was there and fans were all ticked off and yes, the referees weren't good. It's the same. So it was the same crew and one of the linesmen worked both games that they switched one of the linesmen out, but the same refs worked both games and they weren't that good. I would also debate that I think trying to referee the sport now is incredibly tough. The game moves so fast. I mean, it moves at lightning speed, but here's the thing tonight, folks. So as mad as you were at the refs, uh, ref, ref, you suck now, right? Which by the way, Let's bring back the cheer of my childhood at the Met, which is BS, just spelled out. That was way better. I know it's a swear word. I don't care. Because when the crowd is chanting, ref, you suck, not nearly as good as bull bleep, bull bleep. Bring that, bring that, bring that one back, okay? Uh, The second thing about this is, though, the power plays tonight, the Wild, 0 for 5, the Predators 2 for 6. They were basically even. Predators scored two goals. The Wild scored none, which, again, to go back to where we started this show, for a Kaprizov team is inexcusable. Like, you're not scoring on the power play. Excuse me. I told you before the season, Declan, this power play should be really good. Inexcusable 0 for 5 at home. But let's not get too hung up on how the refs screwed you when the reality is there was one difference in power play one it wasn't five it wasn't six so anyway all right we are uh we're done are we coming back when for this week we'll we'll do the next judge hockey show midweek i'm sure you know wild play will canucks yeah canucks hated canucks still and another uh late night start right i'm guessing because it's in vancouver so yeah because you love those you love those 9 30 starts and then we got seattle is, is seattle on thursday Thursday at nine o'clock, and then Abs at eight o'clock on Saturday. So Excellent. nine nine eight. So yes, plenty of opportunity, and we'll have plenty to bring you. Plenty yep. to bring you. But until then, we bid you adieu, Declan. Mm-hmm. Pass shoot score. Rate subscribe. Thank you. We love you. Bye. As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad free for only three ninety nine per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. 
and Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.